You're listening to the Small Town Monsters Broadcasting Network. You can find out more about this and other network shows, as well as Small Town Monsters films, books, our upcoming Kickstarter campaign, and much more at smalltownmonsters.com. Good evening, folks. Welcome to another edition of STM Live. My name is Aaron, coming to you with a very improvised and possibly unstable internet connection. So uh, I told our guest a little while ago in the green room, if anything goes wrong, you will know why. Uh, As always, once we get into our discussion tonight, please drop your comments and questions in the chat. I'll be sure to reiterate that as we go. Uh, A big thank you, a huge shout out to our new squad members this week. Jim, Mike Prim, Casey Bank, Bank, and Doug Warner all became squad members. We appreciate you guys. You make what we do possible. Um, we've got a great show tonight. We're going to go over a couple announcements, but we're going to get right into it as quickly as possible. I'm really excited about tonight's show. Um, it's a topic of personal interest for me. So Small Town Monsters Monster Fest 2 is coming June 29th of next year. Tickets are running out, guys. Um, I don't have access to the numbers. I can't give you metrics, but they are running out. So get yours booked while you can. You don't want to miss out on this. We can't wait to see you guys there. Uh, We also still, for a couple more days, have the American Werewolves VHS available in the merch shop. And you have, I think, about 48 hours left to get your hands on the Screaming Pumpkins merchandise before that disappears. 20% off with code PUMPKINS20. Uh, Very, very important. Super exciting stuff. Sorry if I'm going a little fast tonight, folks. I'm really hyped for this. Uh, (laughs) Set your calendars for February 1st of next year. The next Kickstarter campaign is going to be launching, and you will get early access to films like Cryptid, Goatman, Dogman Territory, Werewolves in the Land Between the Lakes, and Lost Contact, which is the story of the Mantell UFO incident. I'm really hyped on that. Uh, let's see what else is going on this week. Oh, of course. No, no big deal. Not a major film release that's coming up, except that it absolutely is. The Skinwalkers American Werewolves 2 will be here before you know it. We are still hammering out the final logistics on release. Uh, some of you may be aware we became, uh, Small Town Monsters became 100% independent recently. We are now distributing all of our own content. So that required a little bit of adjustment. That's what may be part of why we don't have an exact release date, but we do know this is coming very, 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 very soon. And I can't wait for you guys to see it. So without further ado, let's get into our chat tonight. Let's bring our guests up on stage. Uh, Returning to the STM Live studio, which for me is a closet this week, for the third time, Mr. Eli Watson. How are you, brother? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm having fun. I'm I'm excited to get into this stuff. But uh, just in case we have some people watching for the first time, we're we're running the show at a different time tonight. So we may get some some folks who can't normally make it. Uh, Who are you? I am Eli Watson. I am, I don't know. I'm a researcher, director. I produce this series, Mysteries and Monsters, on the Small Town Monsters YouTube channel, which kind of follows me and the whims of whatever I want to research that month. So this month it happened to be Dogman and or Werewolves. This was a fun one. I'm really excited to talk about this episode. Um, Yeah. Just double checking the chat. Uh, In case you weren't here a moment ago, any questions you guys have for Eli or for me, maybe 
uh, I'm not as interesting as he is, go ahead and throw those in the chat. We try to get to everybody's questions as much as possible, but I'm going to go ahead and kick us off with one of my own. Um, very, again, near and dear to my heart. This comes up a lot when we get into this topic, the terms dogman versus okay. werewolf. Do you, how do you use those terms? Are they used interchangeably, at least for the sake of our discussion tonight? You know, where, where do you land on that? It's funny you say that because in the episode, I use them kind of interchangeably. I don't, I think in my head, the phenomenon is one and the same. Dogman, werewolves, I think they are the same. And maybe I should have said this in the episode. I think they're the same phenomena, but I understand when you say those two different words, they have different connotations. Mm -hmm. So werewolves are obviously people who transform into these creatures. And then dogman, whereas it's like a physical or interdimensional phenomenon, basically they're upright canids all the time. And I understand mm -hmm. that difference, but I didn't, I don't know. I guess I was trying to stir the pot, just get the comments going. <laughs> when you did, you did. Yeah, That's I did. Talk about as we go, you definitely got the comments going, <laughs> <laughs> which is great. I mean, if we can start a conversation, you know. Right, right. That's why, why we do this stuff. Um, so you've, you've primarily, maybe not primarily, but. Uh, often focused on Bigfoot or Sasquatch phenomena for this series. Um, I'm curious what about this investigation was different? Maybe what was the same? I think I just bumped my microphone, my elbow, my apologies. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. how does this contrast with your Sasquatch research? Well, the way this episode kind of came together... I knew I wanted to do a Dogman episode because it's right there in the intro for my series. You know, it says Dogman, Bigfoot Dogman. It's right there. And actually, this episode started coming together before the series even first aired. So it all began with Doug Highcheck, actually. And I wanted to interview Doug about a scientific aspect for Sasquatch for another, ep another episode down the line that I want to produce. And uh, basically I had a, in order to justify me going out to interview Doug, I needed to find something else to investigate. And I happened to be staying in Wisconsin for that trip. Doug lives in Minnesota. So I was like, well, if I'm going to be staying in Wisconsin, one thing that I want to touch on and revisit is, you know, Beast of Bray Road, because that would be mm -hmm. a nice tie-in for the Bray Road Beast movie. And, you know, Doug obviously put together Monster Quest, which has covered Dogman more than a few times. So that's kind of how that came together. And... This episode was weird because I didn't get a chance last year. And that was all in December of last year. Let me just say that. When I interviewed Doug Highcheck, that was December of last year. And so I've been sitting on these interviews for a long time. I was going to say, dang. Yeah. Um, but, boy, where was I going with that? Oh, so when I started to look into that, yeah. So on that trip, I didn't have the time to really 
find people, track down witnesses and interview them about their sightings. And so that kind of forced me into a different perspective, a different way of looking at these things. Well, so I had to look at it kind of historically, which a lot of my Sasquatch stuff is historical, uh, mm -hmm. at least for this series. And so the, the other problem, though, is that there is a very clear historical record for Sasquatch reports. There isn't so much a clear historical record for dogman or werewolves. Uh, there's a lot of religious bias involved. There's a lot of, there's so many things in play when you're looking at the history of werewolves, right? You're looking at mm -hmm. folklore, superstition, actual belief, potential real cases. And then you're also looking at it through the lens of modernity, right? Because mm -hmm. we live in today and now. And so we're talking about stuff that happened in the 1500s. Well, we have no choice unless we're going to really sit down and study what the 1500s were like in Germany. There's no way we're going to be able to just quickly look at it and, you know, read it in a book or whatever and be able to fully understand how that story fits in the context of that culture. So I was attempting to kind of just brush through as much as I could in mm -hmm. this episode without getting too bogged down into seemingly minute details, but like very important details at the same time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like the historical precedent for these things goes back so far. Um, I have some books, <laughs> one of which you actually recommended to me recently, uh, the werewolf in lore and legend by Montag Summers, ton of great stuff in there. Um, yeah. And then also the book of werewolves by Sabine Barr and Gould, you know, both just, packed with anecdotes and folk tales about werewolves and upright mm -hmm. canids from the 1500s to 1600s, you know, so please continue. But I just wanted to back up what you're saying. The historical precedent is so strong. Yeah. Yeah. It's strong. It's strong. But I, I think the other thing I'm trying to say is too, that it's also hard to decipher what is true, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of them, you get into this in the episode, and I always want to walk the line between talking about the film we're discussing this week without spoiling it for anybody. But you do get into, you know, kind of the cultural connotations of some of those werewolf stories in the film. And I thought that was really, really well done because it takes it outside of, oh, well, some people were talking about a wolf. So, you know, there's more to it than this episode that you explore. I, I really appreciate that. This isn't a question. It's just something that came into my mind. Yeah. Well, like, you know, <laughs> that was part of the discussion too. And kind of a discovery I found while doing research is like, you know, you see the online discourse in this thing is like people just lump everything that's an upright canid into the subject. Like, oh, Anubis is evidence of dog man. It's like, but it's not, but it's not though, <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, I, I don't want to say people weren't going around seeing Anubis because some people might've, you know, but that's like, is that any different than people seeing the hat man nowadays or people seeing, you know, the grim reaper. And I think culturally Anubis was more like that rather than a werewolf or something else you know mm -hmm. so, well, I, yeah go ahead no continue no no no. sorry 
Oh, I was just going to say that that was part of my big effort in this episode more than anything is to kind of like, let's be critical of what we're including. Because like you said, there's a whole book by Montag Summers, which gets into the, the history of these things that goes, that's more in depth than just including, oh, Anubis is there and, and, you know, the Sinocephaly are there, which I still go back and forth on, but you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot, but that was, that was my big thing for this episode, I think. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because even Montag Summers' book and also, you know, Bar and Gould, they were writing from a very religious Christian perspective. You know, mm -hmm. they very often seem to view this thing as a, as a demonic phenomena, as something straight from Satan. So mm -hmm. while they would discuss it factually, they were also filtering it through a very specific lens, you know, also very specific to their time frame. So again, the fact that you get into that in the episode, I think is really, really important and really interesting. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate that. No, for sure, man. Uh, our friend Jeremiah, Bigfoot Society. Good to see you, brother. Uh, and he says, great to see Nash Hoover in the episode. Nash is a cool dude. Uh, how did that mm -hmm. come about? How did he get involved in this one? Uh, I'm actually, his interview was actually in Doug Hycheck's house. So, oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nash happens to live very close to Doug Hycheck, so we all just kind of rendezvoused at Doug's house and um, did his interview there. And, and Nash has done his own investigation into the, the Beast of Bray Road and that kind of area. And, and that that's what was cool, too, is when this being my first Dogman episode, of which I hope to do more, um, mm -hmm. the fact that I could start in uh with the beast of Bray road being the first kind of like big dog man case i think was really cool that i got to do that yeah and so the fact that nash had investigated some of that and the fact that i could include him was really awesome so honestly you know because nash is the one who kind of got me into the cryptid paranormal documentary filmmaking you know Okay. I didn't know I that. Working. Interesting. Oh, you didn't? Oh, well, I started... No. In my mind, you've just always been here, so... <laughs> no. But <laughs> I I started with uh, Chasing Legends, actually. So, well, I started the podcast, Cryptic Campfire. Everyone go, everyone go check that out if you haven't yet. It's a good show. But then, thank you. And then from there, I interviewed Nash, and then through Nash, I started working with Chasing Legends. Then Chasing Legends, I met Alex Petikov. Alex Petikov, I started working on Beyond the Trail. Now I'm here, Mysteries and Monsters. Everything snowballs. So Everything's connected, right, with this stuff. You meet one person, you start doing one thing. <clears throat> yep. Speaking of Cryptid Campfire, I actually had a Cryptid Campfire t-shirt set aside to wear for this interview that you gave me. Um, but I, I have a one-year-old son and that's all I'm going to say. I don't know where it is. It exists. Uh, <clears throat> but speaking of cryptid campfire, your co-host Jasmine may with great to see you, Jasmine. Uh, lots of fun faces in this episode. Love seeing Linda Godfrey. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I, I felt very fortunate. Um, Seth gave me the footage of her interview from Beast of Bray Road. 
uh, and I just used parts that weren't in the movie um, because her interview is like an hour and a half and the movie itself is only 70 minutes. So there's definitely, you know, I mean, that's, that. a, yeah. that's a treasure trove. Like the fact that you yeah. had the opportunity to share that, like, sorry, go on. But oh, love no, it. yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I, I felt very fortunate to do that. And so I, I, and I just felt like I couldn't do the episode without including her. You know, mm -hmm. especially it being kind of a beast of Bray Road centric thing. And just the my favorite bit, though, is the ending. Uh, the last thing she says in the episode when she talks about what made her actually believe that this could be a real thing was her own experience in Michigan. And mm -hmm. I think that's, a, you know, if that's going to be at least in my series, the last thing Linda Godfrey ever says, that's a, a perfect way of sharing that. Absolutely. Yeah. She, I mean, obviously everyone in this community, I think everyone in the cryptozoological community in general, but, you know, us people who are really interested in dog, man, especially, we owe her a, a great debt of gratitude. So yeah, yeah, seeing her in this episode is great. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, here's a question from Gil Favor. Always good to see you, Gil, another squad member. I'm new to this phenomena. Have there been any definitive footprints discovered that can't be attributed to large canines or hoaxes? This is a great question. And you, maybe you should answer it because as far as I know, no. There hasn't so, been. But. Yeah. So maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. On the one hand, and I'm flipping to something in a book here, I promise I'm not just like doing something else. Um, on the one hand, this is a phenomenon that's very hotly discussed on the internet right now. Um, and so you have pictures of footprints or alleged footprints popping up all the time, all the time. Um, I don't have the time to go through them all. So, you know, in, in, in my book, The Texas Dogman Triangle, available from Small Town Monsters Publishing, there's a picture of a, a pretty large footprint um, I don't know what it is. I'm not going to tell you it's a dog man, but it's an example of the kind of evidence that we see with regard to this question. We do see a lot of this. Um, maybe if I had it saved to my computer like a normal person, I could throw it up on screen instead of holding <laughs> the book up to the camera <laughs> like a lunatic. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so the answer is maybe. There's a, there's a lot of alleged photographic evidence out there. I think this one's kind of fairly fairly pretty kind of whatever you want to call it convincing that's why i included it in the book um but again you know a canine print is a canine print could also be a canine print so it's hard to say we kind of go back and forth on that at least i do mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that for me is uh difficult i actually oh man i think i actually cut this out of the episode where i talk about the difficulty of identifying footprints because what kind of feet would you expect from uh something like this because i know lots of people report you know the backwards looking legs you know mm -hmm. like canine like legs on these things but as there's not so many descriptions of the feet and i'm wondering you know the big problem with the whole canine standing on two legs thing mm -hmm. is that their feet aren't, there's not enough surface area to support their weight. Right. Right. 
and because the way they walk is called digitigrade, right? Because they walk on their toes, leading to a smaller print. Um, whereas humans and bears, we walk plantigrade, which is our entire foot touches the ground almost all the time, unless we're walking, you know? So would you expect a plantigrade foot or would you expect a digitigrade foot? And in which case, what would it look like? Does it look like a normal canine foot if it's a digitigrade foot? Or is it built differently to support the weight? Or is it a plantigrade foot with more canine-like characteristics? And it's mm-hmm. like, or maybe, you know, what is it? <laughs> How do we know? <laughs> right, right. And then you get into, well, it there's different takes right you see pictures like the one that i just tried to hold up to the camera that look much more like a normal canine print just bigger than we think it should be but then you'll see alleged photos online that look like a human foot with long claws and odd looking uh uh toes and whatnot and actually the one i'm thinking of you you and Peric saint laurent feature in an episode of the man wolf files which i was going to ask you about at the beginning Mm -hmm. here because this is not your first foray into Dogman territory, um, <laughs> but I forgot to ask you. So tell us, a, <laughs> tell us a little bit about the Manwolf Files. Yeah, the Manwolf Files is a series produced by Carrick Saint Laurent, um, which I'm featured in, and uh, in it we kind of go through the different alleged evidences of Dogman and werewolves and unfortunately discovered that a lot of photographic evidence is faked mm-hmm. clearly faked <laughs> so <laughs> that's a bummer but i i've enjoyed doing that because it, it forces me to think more critically of photographs and i you know it just sharpens the mind you know and we're currently working on a season two which Hopefully you'll be featured in Aaron Deese. Yes, that is something I am excited to hopefully contribute to in the f- future. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but you brought it up. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Mammal Files is great stuff. If you guys want to hear Eli talk more about this dogman stuff, shout out to our friend Carrick. Um, if you have not checked out Crash Course Cryptozoology, that's a personal recommendation from me. Yeah. Uh, few great comments come great great comments coming in gosh uh (laughs) we'll go ahead and just reset uh i'm talking with eli watson tonight hot on the heels of the release of the latest episode of mysteries and monsters uh werewolves of the north woods any questions or comments you guys have please drop them in the chat i do see people coming in and out so always love to hear from you guys try to get to all of your questions because yours are better than mine uh let's see let's see michael tovar always great to see you michael notice in my opinion not a lot of videos of a dog man compared to bigfoot hoaxes or not that's a good point that's a good point because we do see a lot of bigfoot videos out there some of them hoaxes some of them we're not sure about but comparatively we don't see a lot for dog man have you have you noticed that as well is there maybe more oh, yeah. than what yeah oh yeah and i don't know why but other than the fact that there's in general, seemingly less reports of Dogman than there is of Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what you would expect, right? 
Mm-hmm. People are seeing these things less. People are filming these things less. Um, the only video I can even really think of is the one that's featured in the Dogman Triangle. There's that one. And and I'll, I will be the first to admit that we can't see enough to come down definitively on that. Right. Um, there's another one. I don't know if you can find it online anywhere. It was shared with me by Jody Cook of the North American Dogman Research Project. Um, and it's pretty interesting. It shows some kind of a form digging something out of the ground. But like like all of these videos, because it has to be, it's shot from very far away on a cell phone through a car window. Um, you know, and it, it's not possible for us to look at it and go, okay, we can say for sure what this is. So I don't know, man. I don't know, man. There is a rumor about a video of one in uh, Medina Lake, the Medina Lake area here in Texas, also discussed in the Dogman Triangle. Mm. But um, we don't, of course, we don't have it because (laughs) (laughs) if we did, right? It's what? It's government footage, right? I think that's. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's That's the account that we have that the government was involved and they have possession of it. Which is actually another question I kind of wanted to ask you about that I didn't put in my notes, and I'm sorry about that. I always do this to you. Um, you, okay. you hear, you hear, <laughs> you hear a lot of conjecture about these things possibly being a government experiment or having some link to the Men in Black or you know UFOs. Do you have thoughts on any of that? I think that's a totally different line of research and speculation, but I'm just curious. You know? Yeah, I haven't looked into it too much, but I really hesitate to lump everything into ufos um i haven't been looking into dogman too much but i haven't come across any reports of ufos and dogman at the same place at the same time um i know i can answer bigfoot i only know of one case one case that is not second or third hand it is a first-hand account it's not even a first-hand account, actually, so I take that back. It's a first-hand account from the researcher who investigated a – who interviewed a witness who supposedly saw a Sasquatch family heading towards a UFO. And there was physical remains of the UFO where the UFO had landed in the grass. And they had shot at these Sasquatch creatures with glowing red eyes, and they walked back in the woods. That happened back in 1973 and is the only case I know of that isn't from some weird internet forum by some anonymous username. You know, that that case was investigated by Stan Gordon. And that's the mm-hmm. only connection I know of between UFOs and Bigfoot. The only one, you know. Uh, and I mean a UFO and a Bigfoot being seen at the same place at the same time. I'm not talking about Bigfoot being seen here, and then a month later, a UFO being seen there at at the same place. Mm -hmm. You know, to me, it's like, okay, well, the world's only so big. It's like, I could be here, and then one day Aaron Deese could be here, but I'm not here. Does that mean we're the same thing? (laughs) (laughs) Some people might argue that. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's, It's inevitable that people... You know, if we continue to see these phenomena on a recurring basis, it's inevitable that there would be some geographical overlap. So you're talking about right. specific cases where they they are in the same place, right? And as far as I know, there <laughs> I haven't come across any 
reports where a dogman and a UFO are being seen at the same place at the same time. I don't know of any. Do you? I that's one of those things I hear conjecture about, but I I personally cannot point to a specific case. Um, I know that Jesse and Joe at Hellbent Holler, uh, also good friends of STM, have done some much more detailed research into that, and they may mm. have more. Uh, but I have not finished binge watching all of their videos yet. So <laughs> <laughs> check out the Hellbent Holler YouTube channel, folks, and you you will probably know more than I do. But um, uh, no, great. Thank you. Thank you for answering that question. Totally out of left field. Uh, Ristal asks, uh, I, I believe regarding the video we were discussing a second ago where a dogman is digging something up, Aaron, is that the cemetery one? I believe so. If it's the, uh, if it's the one, yes, yes. I was told that it was a dogman digging in a cemetery. So perhaps it is available online somewhere and I have overlooked it. Um, but yeah, really interesting, really shaky but still very, very interesting. So, you know, you know, I'm not smart enough to say what's real and what's not. I'm just not. Uh, BH says, hi there, Eli. <laughs> Good episode of Mysteries and Monsters as usual. My fave so far. Not a question, but I thought it was a great comment. So, Thanks. I appreciate yeah. that. Definitely a favorite of mine. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Steve Donahue, good to see you, Steve. Problem with all dogman stories is brain power. They're always portrayed as human style intelligent, but no canine is. Sasquatch is at least humanoid. That's a really interesting comment because we do hear that a lot, that these things display a lot of intelligence. So what, what do you think on that one? I don't know. That's tough for me because I'm not going to speak to like the mind speak aspect of it all, you know, because no animal communicates telepathically as far as I know, but uh, the, the intelligence of dogs though, I think you would have to compare it more to wolves than a domestic dog, which I think domestic dogs on average are a lot less intelligent than a wild wolf. Mm -hmm. Because wolves are like freakishly intelligent with their ability. I mean, you think about it this way. They hunt in packs. They will bluff scare deer into spots where others are hiding. And they've done all of that without speaking. They've done all of that without verbalizing anything. They know what to do. And even if that's just instinct, that's incredible instinct. That's incredible intelligence, you know? And that's what makes wolves so scary is because they'll even leave you alone and then come back to you miles later, you know, and let you think you've gotten away. And that's scary. So like, as far as these things being intelligent, uh, I don't, if they're gonna be a physical thing, I think they could hide from people think they could i really do you mm -hmm. know uh because i don't know they animals are crazy they and they can hide and they can hide well and not only that i think another thing i've been thinking about this a lot lately is people don't understand how loud we are in the woods and things can hear us coming from miles away <laughs> pretty mm -hmm. much that's an exaggeration but you know 
animals can hear us coming and be well out of our way before we even get there. And that's why people don't really see animals out in the woods, you know, as opposed to hunters who will sit in a spot for six hours and then everything starts coming into the area because they don't even know you're there, you know. Um, but anything predatorial like apes or canines, their levels of hiding are just above like a deer or anything like that. They will, they will sit and wait and move around silently and they'll ne- you'll never know they were there, you know? Mm-hmm. And the other thing about predators too, is that they, they watch where they step. They will literally not walk in patches of mud because they know it will leave a footprint, you know? And we're talking mm-hmm. about, ant- we're talking about wolves. We're talking about mountain lions. We're talking about stuff we know about, you know? Um, so that's an incredible level of intelligence, but as, as far as them being able to communicate telepathically or even the story that Linda came across where it speaks the the word Gadara or whatever, you know? Yes. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's another thing Linda talks about in this episode, which kind of leads into one of the questions I had for you is, um, Mm -hmm. you know, she talks about filtering these reports and these experiences through her own biases and having that affect the way she's assessing it, you know? Um, I definitely do that. I, I, I definitely. Um, so I wonder, you know, especially with regard to this phenomena, is that a challenge for you? Um, where, you where do you find yourself on that one? Because I absolutely, absolutely will look at a report and go, well, this doesn't line up with the other Dogman reports that I, I am familiar with. So maybe it doesn't <laughs> count. But, you know, what, what do you think? Yeah, I... I feel like I was very open about my own biases in this episode. Uh, uh, definitely, definitely I'm biased. So, and that comes with everything, even Sasquatch, I'm biased, you know, I think it's a flesh and blood thing, you know, and this thing I happen to think is a, is a paranormal phenomenon um, and a special, a specific kind of paranormal phenomena, you know, not just like, oh, it's interdimensional or, oh, it's a ghost or, oh, it, I don't even think it's a demon. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and it's super unique. And that, you know, obviously led my research because I was like, okay, I have my own beliefs about this thing, which in I'm not even going to lie, is highly influenced by the story that my grandfather told me, which I talk about in this episode. Mm. And that stuck with me. And so there's that story. It influenced me. I was like, okay, well, what other ways can I support this? And that led me down the rabbit hole of the historical record and coming across those traditions of, you know, the Navajo skinwalker, the Buddha in Morocco, you know, the wear hyenas and stuff like that. And then I was actually sitting there looking at my notebook, trying to figure out the, the story of James Witter from the Dogman Triangle, the, the Plum Creek Monster, as it was called. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think this part of his account made it into the final film, but he saw this thing multiple times. Not only he saw more than one on multiple occasions and got the sense that they were a family. And I was puzzling over that for so long until I came across Montauk Summers and was talking about the Irish tradition that werewolfism is 
hereditary, that there could be a whole family of werewolves. And I was like, well, sweet. Everything fits into my own paradigm now. You know, everything yeah. fits neatly, <laughs> you know? Um, and I don't necessarily think that's the best way to do research. That is the way I do research. But I'm also, like, I was sitting there stumped you know, until I found another piece of information. I wasn't willing to say, oh, James Witter was making it up because I don't think that. I think that guy was telling the truth mm -hmm. about what he saw. I just didn't know how to classify it. And so until I found more information and then I was like, oh, okay, now I can piece it all together. And uh, I think we all do that. Even scientists do that to a certain extent, you know? And yeah. Because we, we all have a bias, like in the writing classes I took in college, you know, every professor I had told me every writer has a bias. So and I think that applies with research into cryptozoology for us as well. And I don't mean just you. I mean, you know, a lot of us because we do have our opinions and stuff and they inform how we perceive information. So. Yeah. And I mean. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah, I'm super biased when it comes to my research, but I'm also open to being proved wrong as well. You know, like the whole Bigfoot thing, ask anyone who's known me for at least two years, they'll say that I flip flop on whether or not Bigfoot is flesh and blood or paranormal, you know, and mm -hmm. it's like I flip flop a lot on these things because I'm introduced to new information. Yeah. And then sometimes yeah. new information recontextualizes old information, you know, it's like. Yeah. Right. Even since, oh, 100%. I'm totally with you. Like, even since writing the Dogman Triangle, I've gotten a few additional reports out of Texas and then read more historical stuff where I'm like, man, if I had known all of this when I wrote the book, I think it would have affected the tone this way, or I think I would have approached it from this direction. So, you know, yeah, like the, the problem is that now we're on record. Everything we say is recorded, like this conversation. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's a here's a good behind the scenes question from BH. BH coming in with the, the great questions and comments tonight. Um, Eli, how do you come up with ideas for M&M? Are they topics you just wanted to cover or are they suggested by other people? Um, they are mostly topics I want to cover. Um, I can't really think of any that have been. I mean, Seth kind of suggested Bigfoot and SoCal, which got me into the whole SoCal research, but that's something I want to research on my own now at this point. You know what I mean? He doesn't have to tell me, oh, you got to make another Bigfoot episode. I, I will make another one because I want to, you know? <laughs> it's getting made. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, this Dogman one is one that I wanted to do for at least what is it, 10, 11 months now at this point? So, <laughs> it's, so it's, it's been in the making, you know? I say, and, yeah, because this show was announced at last year's Kickstarter, if I remember correctly. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a long time coming uh, for a lot of these episodes. And, and, you know, I can say over the course of this, the first nine episodes, you know, Georgia Damsky, I did a two-parter on a UFO contactee named George Adamski. 
that was one I really, that was a story I really wanted to cover for years. And I finally got the chance to do it. And I covered it way more in depth than I think I even wanted to, but I did it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That was a great two-parter too. Like, and with a lot of those cases, you know, UFOs, dogmen, whatever, it can be hard to find a really detailed deep dive. Like I can find the the story of the uh, Labrador de Gévaudan mm-hmm. on a hundred websites, but finding actual names of people who were involved, dates and things like that, you know, that's much harder to come across. And that's one thing I think is great about this series is you do provide that information. So right. I'm glad you did a two-parter, but. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the thing. I really liked this. I'm really liking this series because I can get, in depth, I can get into the minutia of things that I that I haven't been that I don't have another platform for. I guess aside from my podcast, but you know, I don't know if my co-host would be too happy if I just was like, you know, Georgia Damsky fought in the Mexican American War. You know? <laughs> Eli, this is cryptid campfire. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so it's it's awesome. No, it's yeah. it's great. That's great. Uh, I guess to answer BH's question really fast, to answer it, one sentence is, I just choose them. I just choose them. They're just things I want to cover. (laughs) (laughs) I wondered that as well. I actually wondered that for a while. You need to ask you. Uh, (laughs) Here's a, excuse me, here's a cool question from Gil. Um, Would these creatures also be sharing territory with Sasquatch? Hmm. Potentially, uh, yeah. Well, the only specific example I can think of. Well, there's two. There's a, a, a dogman sighting up in a place called Donkey Creek up in Washington State, which is also a big area for Sasquatch reports, just like the rest of Washington State. So there is some overlap there. I don't know the details of that dogman story though, um, but I know there's an associated witness sketch with it, and I'll see if I can get. I can see your 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 gears are turning, Aaron. I'll try to find that information for you. Yeah, um, just a little bit. <laughs> and then this, what is this? Is it? where again? Sorry. Uh, Donkey Creek, Washington State. Okay. And I think I could work through my my channels to get you the information of the witnesses. I would enjoy that very, very much. (laughs) (laughs) And then what is it in, uh, is it the, uh, in Texas, the big national forest, Sam Houston, Sam Houston. Yeah. I know there's Sasquatch reports out of there and I know there's Dogman reports out of there and I don't know, you get online and look it up and you can find a Bigfoot versus dog man and they have wars and territory disputes. And I don't know about any of that. I really yeah. don't know about any of that. Yeah. So. It's a great concept and I love the idea. Um, and it is, it is something that's a topic of research for a project I'm working on currently. So yeah, I would also say maybe theoretically, potentially, you know, we, we do see crossover on the map geographically with Sasquatch and dog man sightings and, you have uh, places like Sam Houston where people that have spent their lives there will tell you, yeah, we, we know about both of these things. So, but it's tough. It's another tough question. Like, 
once you start having that debate, then it becomes, well, which of these are real dogman sightings and which of them are misidentified Sasquatch? And well, how do we know it's a misidentified Sasquatch and we don't know what Sasquatch is? For me personally, right. that's where that question always goes. Like it becomes a spiral of, okay, but what about this? And what, I don't know, man. Right. Because some, right. some, some researchers will tell you that if you receive a report of a dogman and a Sasquatch fighting, that's just two Sasquatch fighting. So I don't, I don't, personally, I don't think that's the case, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still waiting on, well, I don't know. I can't really say that I'm waiting for it, but I, have you talked to legitimate, credible witnesses that say they've seen a Bigfoot and a dogman fighting? Fighting? No. Personally, not yet at this point in my career. Uh, uh, you know, I do know, uh, of course, Martin, Martin Groves has talked about that. Um, I consider him to be incredibly credible. Um, but I have not interviewed him personally on the topic. So technically mm. no, you know, Oh, we have a new squad member tonight. Trash, trash, squatch. I love it. I absolutely love <laughs> that. You, that handle. <laughs> I'm going to find ways to insert trash watch into sentences from now on. Thank you for joining the squad. Trash watch. We appreciate you. <laughs> absolutely love it. No sarcasm there. I'm so serious. I love it. A uh, couple audience questions coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see another one from our friend Ristal. Eli, which do you prefer more, the deep dive research type projects like M&M or the more boots on the ground research like Beyond the Trail? That's a great question. It is a great question because Mysteries and Monsters was supposed to be a blend of both. Um, and it has more or less become mostly deep dive research projects. And... Uh, like the best example I can say is the very first episode of Mysteries and Monsters, Return to Bigfoot Mountain, is I would say a big blend is is ideally what my show would be every single episode, or or even the second episode, the UFO, the Mountain of God UFO cult, which features lots of historical research, but I'm also going out and trying to find basically an abandoned building. And I'm also going into libraries and stuff and finding old books and stuff that people have never heard of. And, uh, you know, uh, I think as far as boots on the ground, people will be excited about the next episode that's coming out next month in November. Cause that one will be a lot more in person boots on the ground stuff. I'm hoping to get back into that stuff more next year the problem is you know like for this episode i didn't get a chance to do the boots on the ground stuff in wisconsin in december you know Uh, it's not a great time to do it i mean yeah yeah you know and it's not like i had the time to go back either um and then with socal in terms of Sasquatch and stuff, it's difficult because I don't think, you know, it would be different if I like lived in Washington state, then I could go anywhere and potentially have an encounter here in Southern California. It's so limited to where you can go. And even then encounters are so rare down here that it's like, you know, I tried to go out in the last episode that was released in September I, I went out with my brother and it's just like camping's limited. Getting to places is limited. If you don't have a four wheel drive vehicle, which I don't, 
you know, and it's, it's difficult terrain to get into. And so um, I think both have their place. I would like to do more boots on the ground, um, but I don't want to do all boots on the ground because I, I do like the deep dive research. I, I think, you know, Beyond the Trail is great. And I liked doing that show. But I I think we need a blend. And I, I really tried to make Mysteries and Monsters a blend. And it's, a, it's really becoming the opposite end <laughs> Beyond the Trail, you know? So... Well, it's, it's, it is a good blend though. And I think, I think it's interesting to have, you know, kind of contrasting formats within the same show where sometimes you are on the ground more, sometimes you are doing research more. So I, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's, fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun show. The responses have been great. And that's, a, that was another question I had for you about this show. Um, you definitely stirred up the comments on YouTube with this one. Um, but I noticed there was kind of a trend of people saying, yes, these things do exist. Yes, I'm aware of them. I live in Michigan or I live in Wisconsin. Is that surprising to you? A little bit. Um, well, no, I don't want to say no, it's not surprising to me because I feel like Dogman as a whole has exploded in popularity in the past 10 years, especially, you know, it's like, I don't know. I, and I can't tell if these people are genuine or if they're just like, you know, Redditors and things like that. You know what I mean? You get what I'm mm -hmm. saying? It's like, yeah, it's, it's so hard nowadays with this whole subject, you know, even with Sasquatch too, so many people just vying for attention basically they just want the attention that comes with having seen one of these things mm -hmm. and like like i talk about in the episode it, it like siphons credibility from the people who have actual experiences with that stuff but i feel like the majority of people they don't they don't know about that they don't know about dog man i i guess they're not the people who are watching this documentary either so <laughs> you know they're not looking yeah. it up on YouTube because they've never heard of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'd agree I don't know. Does there. that make sense? I don't know what to make sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does. It does. And that's, it's also kind of the nature of this phenomena. We, we end up sort of chasing our own tails, pun very much intended, um, because it does toe the line into the supernatural, but then it comes back into cryptozoology and then, you know, there's the historical context, but then there's also the background of the historical context. So, you know, it's difficult to summarize with brevity. It really is. But I think, I think yeah. you've provided very concise answers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tried. I tried my best, man. Yeah. Well, if, if you haven't seen the episode yet, check out episode nine of mysteries and monsters. Um, I think, do we have, do we, Oh no, we don't know anything about the next one yet. I don't either. I, I literally don't. So I guess we'll see what the next episode is. But oh, I would say, uh, let's see, I'm trying to think of a clever like pun, you know, the the truth is just below the surface. Oh, I like that. I'm going to be up till two in the morning trying to figure that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, we're coming up on the end of the hour. Uh, one last quick question for you. Favorite werewolf movie? 
Oh, dang. Ah, it has to be American Werewolf of London, I think. Um, in London, yeah. Mine too. <laughs> or, or, or the Wolfman, the OG Wolfman. What is it, 1941 or something like that? Lon yes. Chaney Jr. Both that classics. One goes hard. Both classics. I, I, I love American Werewolf in London, but of course you got to give it to the original too. So, yeah. It's a tough one. That's a tough yeah. one. Well, for yeah, more I could, yeah, I could talk about werewolf movies all day. Yeah, that would be a whole other hour. Yeah. Has it been an hour? Yeah. Well, wow. 52 minutes and 43. Four, five. <laughs> wow. Crazy. Flew by. I was excited for this one. I'm going to stretch a little bit. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Eli, so much for joining me. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Um, thank you to everybody who came out tonight. I apologize if we did not get to any questions or get a chance to respond to your comment. Um, ideally, we would run this show all day, every day, and respond to every single comment in the order that they come in. But <laughs> sadly, uh, I've not been authorized to do that. So uh, <laughs> no live show next week. We're going to take a week off. Uh, certain members of the STM crew, myself included, will be off in various places doing various things, working on uh, various content that we can't wait to share with you in the future. So uh, take the week off, enjoy yourselves, relax, and uh, have a great rest of your week. Eli, have a great rest of your week, man. Thanks, man. I Yeah, who knows where I'll turn up. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we run into each other. Maybe we don't. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Have a great weekend. Thank you again for coming out. We will talk with you again soon. You've been listening to the Small Town Monsters Broadcasting Network. If you enjoyed this show, consider giving it a like, review, rating, or sharing it with a friend. And be sure to visit smalltownmonsters.com for more info about this and other STM projects.